Because at the end of the day, if you're going to be the ones that is, is going to pick up the phone, if you're going to be the ones that is the person that they're going to deal with throughout the whole uh, experience that that customer or client has with you, why not bring that personality to the forefront? So in alignment with whatever you put out on your company page or LinkedIn, have some personality driven content from yourselves individually on your own pages as well. Because at the end of the day, people are going to find a much better connection with, with you via that they're going to trust you better because they can see your face for some amazing reason we we do that rather than connecting with a, a logo that looks nice welcome to this episode of don't just survive thrive online with your host jeremy finkelstein and becky parmer Welcome to episode three of Don't Just Survive, Thrive Online. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Finkelstein, and with me as always is my co-host, Becky Parmeter. Becky, what is up and how are you doing today? Well, uh, you'll be happy to know that the uh, Black Widow spider is dead. <laughs> um, I flushed on the toilet so he no longer lives in my place i don't know why i assumed his gender either that's kind of weird it, it's a they the spider is a they um yeah and uh i can finally breathe because it rained so it's not hot anymore so that's nice i'm sure frank might uh have some different news although i guess he's switching seasons so he's going into winter in australia yeah, yeah. It's, it's getting cold here yeah, yeah with, that little, that. <laughs> with that segue, uh, let me introduce our guest because we have a great guest on our show with us today. And this is Frank from G'day Frank. And Frank is a father, he's a husband, he's a podcaster, he's a speaker. He's also a mentor to his fellow creatives uh, in business. And he has an over a decade of experience as a designer. Frank, welcome to the podcast and uh, thank you for being here. How, you, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I like that like hesitant clap. <laughs> it's a really nice way to intro myself. Um, I, I'm stoked to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me on both uh, Jeremy and Becky. I'm great to always be on someone else's podcast rather than my own. I mean, I do three different ones and it's always nice to take the reins off and just be like, okay, I'll, I'll just sit back and, and answer some questions, have a good chat and, and get right into it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And maybe, you know, you spoke to a little bit, you got three podcasts, but maybe you could speak to it a little bit more just to give the audience like an overview of kind of who you are and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a brand identity designer. That's the self-proclaimed title that I put on myself. You could call me a logo designer. You could call me a podcaster. Um, hopefully I'm a good dad, a good husband at the same time. I'm still working on those two things as well. And I'm from Sydney, Australia. I've been doing my own business, G'day Frank, for three years in like four weeks. It's coming up to three years. So I'm going to have to be celebrating that in some way, shape or form. But I started originally uh, as a designer in university, working my way up there, getting some experience. Once I left there, I, I put out like a million different job opportunity kind of things of where I, what, I could, what I could do. None of them came to fruition, but the only one that did was in TV production. And so for seven years, I worked in television production and found my way into branding in a weird way of creating identities for shows like Family Feud and The X Factor and all these kind of big glossy ass shows. And then I realized I'm doing branding here. I'm making logos. I'm making an identity for a show for people to know, like, trust, want to watch, all that kind of stuff. And I thought, 
after seven years, I got married, had a kid, and I was like, I want to start my own thing. I've always wanted to do this. So I started a branding business to help small to medium businesses here in Australia and abroad. And with that has, in my field, in my little corner of where I'm sitting in, in Sydney, Australia, is I produce a whole heap of marketing content and it's just me. And part of that is podcasting along with Instagram content, blogs on Medium, LinkedIn content, and just connecting with a whole raft of people like you guys. And part of that podcast experience has been to make three different ones. It, it feels like it's becoming a bit of a, an addiction or a joke um, that it's like, oh, how many more podcasts can can Frank make? And <laughs> it's a game show. <laughs> it's a game, yeah, it is a game show. Which one am I going to pull out today? Uh, so interestingly, two of them are on, on a bit of a hiatus at the moment. One's going through a rebrand and one might as well. Um, so they're going through breaks and seasons and things like that. Whereas the other one I do have is about podcasting itself. So it's called Brand My Podcast. And that's to help those that want to use podcasting as a tool, either for marketing, for brand building, um, to position themselves as some kind of thought leader, or maybe just to entertain the hell out of somebody. Then the other two are more design and brand related. One's targeted at designers, one's targeted at business owners. And, you know, part of that is just opening doors to meeting new people, as I said before, but also giving that confidence of speaking, like to be able to stand in front of a microphone, at the drop of a hat, like I just jumped out of the shower, I'm standing in front of, you know, or sitting in front of a mic here and, and talking to you lovely people and being able to do that is just boosted confidence, you know, up the wazoo, like I can get in front of a client and just talk at the drop of a hat. Um, whereas I'm a typically a bit of an introvert. Um, I, I don't thrive on the the energy of others. I, I have to, it has to come from within kind of thing. And, uh, and I, I've built something that may, might, I guess, seem as though I'm an extrovert because I, I wear wigs in my content. I, yeah. I do weird stuff. I'd paint my nails with different kinds of nail polishes and stuff and, and just some weird stuff to experiment with what the extent of branding and personal branding can be, both for a business owner and for the business itself and what that separation is like. Um, so that's a long, really long, long, long answer to your question, but, um, that's me guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot to digest there, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> I would never have thought of you as an introvert. And I guess, you know, that's something to be said about marketing and branding because with the way you put yourself out there, you know, you're very, uh, quirky and kind of fun and interesting and you do a lot of, you know, things to draw people in. So, uh, thank you kind of for sharing a little bit about who you are. You know, today's episode, we really wanted to kind of hone in on the importance of branding and how it's uh, more than just the logo. And you talked a little bit about that in your intro and how you used to just do logos and how you evolved into more of a brand designer. So I guess my first question for you is like, in your opinion, what is the real difference between having a logo and having a brand? So if you think about a brand going way, way back and the, the whole idea of cattle so there's a farmer with cattle and he wants to place an onerous on the cattle that he owns they're branded hot iron branded it's cruel obviously in nowadays obviously so taking that concept of making something yours and so that someone identifies it as yours that's where realistically it comes from that's it's developed in a weird way into a logo you know pre 100 years ago it was just a name pretty much written in a nice type and that was a logo for a business um, in terms of signage for a, a shop front fast forward to now you've got digital spaces so you can brand the shit out of everything 
so in terms of the difference between the two, the way I see it is I think it's evolved into something that obviously marketers still have a, a big hold on it. And I think there's people now like myself that are, are separating it slightly. So that's not siloed, but there's a kind of a one step before the marketing comes. So that one step is that branding. So for me, in an, in an allergic an analogy and an allergy kind of format is a horse before the cart is marketing is the horse and then the cart is the brand and bringing that product to market so we want to make sure that you have something of a foundation to work with as a business that says more about what it is you just sell so that someone can know you like you trust you want to buy from you and want to buy into what it is you have to offer for a lot of businesses it it really depends on how effective or how useful branding can be because it can be used in many different contexts. So say if if you sell toilet paper, which is a bit of a hot item during the pandemic, <laughs> branding that isn't so much of a big issue because it's a necessity. Like it's it's a it's a human necessity. It's been painted as a human necessity now. You could still use a rag, I guess. Uh, but you don't have to brand it all that much to be bought. You just have to be there and be salient and, and be present kind of thing on, on a shelf. Whereas for other things where you have competition in different contexts, so you could be um, a car brand and you've got a different offering to the next person and you want to stand out for something more than what it is you just sell because at the end of the day, a car gets you from A to B, but you want to stand for something more. So you see a lot of car brands that have certain missions in its existence. So something like Tesla, for instance, they want to cut to zero emissions. So for their whole purpose and their positioning is that we're gonna make a car that does these things, but our brand is gonna be centered around targeting the people that want to do what we wanna achieve. They wanna be energy conscious. They wanna not have terrible CO2 gases going into the, to the universe or just into our atmosphere. Let's think a bit more local. Uh, and the difference there is just simply understanding in terms of a brand, who you are targeting, how you are different or distinct, basically how you are unique to somebody else, and then what is it that you're working towards as a company? And what we call there is positioning. So branding is a foundational thing that you want to position your business and your offering for those customers in a market that you can compete in for a company that is trying to achieve something um, for those customers. So a logo then, once you've got that kind of purpose set up in that position in your market, you've then got something that you need to identify it by. And a logo is just that. So a logo is just something to, it's identification, not communication. And that's a quote by a, um, a designer that has done everything from the Chase Bank logo to I think the US Open as well. And it's called Sagi Haviv. Um, he's a brand designer as well. And he, he sees it that way that we're not trying to create a logo that has to say everything about your business because it doesn't need to tell a story. And another, to quote another a brand uh, guru, he wouldn't call himself a guru, he's just a fantastic guy in the branding space. He, his name's Marty Newmeyer. He says that a brand is what someone else says it is. So it's that gut feeling that someone has about your brand. So when I see the Apple logo, I think one thing, whereas someone might have a completely different feeling about them. So the logo means nothing in that context. It's just to signify and represent that business so that we all know that's Apple. That's the sum of it. It's the stuff that you create before it that gives that logo some meaning. So if you looked at it like 
an empty vessel. That logo is an empty vessel. It's a ship on a shore and you want to fill it with a lot of things. It could be your brand values, what you stand for, what you represent and what you want your company to be uh, based on moving forward. So everyone in your company understands what they're working towards, having that clear brand purpose, having a clear tone of voice. So that way, when you walk into something like an Apple store, everyone has that same vibe, has that same friendly nature, that same attitude. And then you can fill it with a whole raft of other different things, depending on the type of business you are. You could be a Patagonia that has a real life mission to save the environment, save the planet in terms of creating sustainable clothing. And that's your mission. So you have a mission statement that can become part of your brand. And that's why people buy you because you are sustainably thinking. So there's there's all that kind of thing that leads into what someone then perceives that business to be. And then it's just represented by the logo. So there's a, there's a bit, there's a, there's a whole heap. There's, there's pricing. There's, if you're a luxury brand, what that perception is, there's a promise of, of turning up and being consistent. There's, there's so many different things I could talk about and unpack with branding. It's for me, it feels a bit mind boggling of how do I tick all those boxes for a client, but it's always contextual to the business that you're in. And I don't blame a, a business owner for thinking that, okay, when I start my business, I need to know, yes, who I'm going to target, what my product um, does to help them and how it's going to be different to somebody else. That should be a part of your business plan regardless. And then the next tick box is having a logo. Okay, great. Let's talk to a logo designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't blame someone for thinking that that's all they need. That's, that's totally fine. A lot of the time, that's what you see in a lot of advertising for starting a business business owners just going okay just tick these boxes and then off you're off to the races and then that's totally well and good you could start off just like that but i hazard a guess that when you start your business and it grows and you start realizing who your customers really are what they're responding to and it might not be the exact thing that you're talking about or saying or putting out there you might want to realign your brand for a specific market or a segment in your market that makes more sense could drive growth you could have a new offering that expands your reach whatever there's as i said it's a it's a really big question to kind of answer in terms of how much you could go into branding Um, and i don't want to make it sound like it's bigger than ben Hur either because it needs to be very simple so that everyone understands it everyone remembers it and everyone can be on the same page both from a customer perspective and for you as a company in terms of each and every member of that team that is part of that company Again, that's a really long answer. Um, yeah, no, you can it, it if was, you like. No, it's great, Frank. I, you know, and it's funny because um, I'm the marketing director for an agency out here on the West Coast. And uh, my sort of skill set, because we're still in a startup, so I would love to just be managing the people, but I'm definitely doing a lot of the day-to-day um, execution of, of things. And one of the things that I find very, very often, um, we obviously provide branding services and we believe in in brands just as much as as both you and Jer do, but we often get people who come to us and they've been operating their business for, you know, five or six years. And I start to look at their analytics and I look at their funnels and I look at their advertising and all of these things. And it's kind of all over the place. And it always goes back to, what kind of work have you done with branding? And a lot of them will respond and say, well, you know, we have a logo. This is the target persona that, you know, we want to be going after. And as soon as I hear them say that, I was like, okay, 
who you want to go after, but is that actually who's interested in your product and, and have you designed everything around this person? And what about the other people? Because there's never just one target persona, right? I mean, I'm sure there is a brand where there is, but um, I really find that it all comes down to them not having that foundation and then nothing else ends up working and you see it in their analytics you'll see things like you know they have a really high bounce rate and their session time is really low and they have a lot of abandoned carts and you know even when they're sending the abandoned cart emails they're not speaking in a way that that person actually wants to be spoken to so it trickles down through every area of the business so it's really interesting that you say that um i i definitely could you know, I agree completely with that. Um, and one of the things that I'm always kind of thinking about is because I love trends and I'm always interested in, you know, what's happening. So I think that's a question I have for you is what sort of trends do you think are coming up? I know that branding has sort of evolved and it's become a much bigger, uh, a bigger, bigger thing than it used to be. So what are some of the trends that you're finding are coming up recently? Yeah, interesting question because it, it really, I think, is going to depend on the the market that you're in and by market, probably more geographically than, than anything. But the interesting thing I see on online because I'm there every day, feels like all day, that's what my wife would say, uh, <laughs> is that everyone is trying to build a personal brand in some way, shape or form, whether they know it or not, yes. or, or whether, it, whether that's whether it's intentional or not, let's say. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing either because at the end of the day, we all want to feel recognized, I think, just from a, a psychological standpoint that, that humans, we want to feel heard, we want to be liked. And, you know, if someone can trust us as a result of that, then fantastic. And the interesting part about branding, I think, especially for companies, is that there's a bit of a shift towards more human connection. So there's a i can't remember his name off the top of my head but you know the whole kind of business convention of saying i'm a b to c business or i'm a, i'm a b to b business there's a there's an idea and i wish i knew his name off the top of my head um but his concept is h to h so human to human marketing mm. or branding or, or whatever and because you're dealing with humans at the end of the day if you stop thinking about especially if you're a service-based business working with other businesses and thinking them about them as just a company you start to lose out there. We, when I'm working with a, a business, I'm saying, okay, who, if you're a B2B, if, who, who are you to actually talking to on a day-to-day? -day? Like, who would you actually connect with here? Is it going to be the CEO? Is it going to be your marketing manager? Is it going to be the head of IT? Who's that person? And then let's shape that message around them. So that way we can communicate with them. And as I had the same conversation with a client just in the last month that they wanted to position themselves as it seemed like a, a faceless brand. So they didn't really want to, they weren't encouraged to put their face onto their site because they didn't want it just, just, just to be them. They were co-owners and they were building up their team. They didn't want to appear smaller than that where they are. I'm like, guys, at the end of the day, it's just you. Why, why are we mucking, mucking around here? As your team grows, you can obviously add more photos. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to be the ones that is, is going to pick up the phone, if you're going to be the ones that is the person that they're going to deal with throughout the whole uh, experience that that customer or client has with you, why not bring that personality to the forefront? So in alignment with whatever you put out on your company page or LinkedIn, 
have some personality driven content from yourselves individually on your own pages as well. Because at the end of the day, people are going to find a much better connection with, with you via that because they're going to trust you better because they can see your face for some amazing reason. We, we do that rather than connecting with a, a logo that looks nice. And the, the, how that plays out is to give you a really bigger example is between Microsoft and Bill Gates, you'll have a post that Microsoft might put out and it gets 20 people engaged in terms of 20 comments maybe at best. Whereas Bill Gates puts something out, and granted he's not part of Microsoft anymore, I'll, I'll give you that, but he puts something out there. He's the person that is Microsoft until the day he dies. He puts something out that might be IT related. There are thousands of people engaging. And I don't think there's anything uh, surprising about that. It's exactly the same with Elon Musk and Tesla. Tesla puts something out, they put something about the Cybertruck, but then Elon puts out something say, saying the Tesla Cybertruck is going to go from naught to 100 in two seconds. You're going, oh my God. Like if, if, if between <laughs> the two of them, there's a difference there because you're, you're banking on what's Elon going to say next. Is Bitcoin going to go up or is it going to go down? It can influence what that brand is known for. And Steve Jobs was an example of that. The lady that runs, um, I think it's Bumble, the CEO that just floated their company. She's the, the youngest person to send a company into IPO. Um, there, there's all these examples of people that become part of the identity of the brand. And if that, if that I identity of themselves, that personality aligns with the brand, that's when it, it's good. If it doesn't align, it's very polarizing. Um, and it doesn't align with say the values or the purpose of what the brand is trying to achieve as a whole, that's where it can be, I guess, detrimental. And I'm sure there's probably examples of that in many cases. I hazard a guess probably something similar that you could compare it to is um, in Europe when they had just recently the whole Super League soccer thing where they wanted to build everything to this megalomaniac kind of... Uh, team structure where only the rich would get richer and you know the, the the poor teams wouldn't make it or anything like that and it all came down to the faces of these stuffy european blokes that have more money than midas and that's where it can be detrimental whereas the game itself is built on humble beginnings a lot of the time especially in the uk and it doesn't align so much with what that brand is to a lot of people so when you get someone that's out of alignment with it, it can just go pear-shaped. So for me, the big trend is making it towards, making a brand initiative more towards how we can connect on a more personal level. I think social media has influenced that a huge amount because, you know, at the end of the day, it's social media, it's not content media. It's, you know, we want to be there to be social. So, you know, if you're thinking of creating a brand at the moment, have a company page for sure. But then also if you can, as the owner, supplement that with having your face appear in the content like I do and like a lot of brands I see doing now, or you can have a separate page that is pointing people to your company and what you do, but going for a value first approach, giving away something of value to people to educate, to entertain, to enlighten, to discover, to connect. And then, oh, by the way, we have this brand too. Once you want to get to know me a bit more, um, that can be an interesting way of building a personal brand, but still building your company up at the same time. They can work, I think, in, in tandem. That's the biggest thing I'm sort of noticing a lot more nowadays. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. And I know that Jeremy uh, has been producing some content recently that's talking about how important that about page is and how, you know, a lot of companies sort of forget to beef that page up, so to speak, um, and have, you know, have their faces on it exactly like you're saying. And, and you know, you're right. Some solopreneurs might think, well, I don't want people to know that it's just me because I'm speaking from the we perspective in my copy. But you know, and that's that's probably another conversation for another day. Um, but I was wondering, so you mentioned LinkedIn and you mentioned the about page. Is there any other avenues that you have been recommending for your clients that they can sort of get their story out and get their personality out? Podcasts. I mean, realistically, yeah. you have you have rather than 30 seconds of attention on a LinkedIn scroll or an Instagram scroll or a TikTok scroll, you've got 30 minutes with somebody and multiply that by how many episodes you end up putting out there. I think because at the end of the day, a lot of the time, if it's a photo or just words on a page, a lot of the time we can take that out of context and maybe not read it in the same voice or tone of voice, unless you're a really great writer and you can really convey your tone throughout your writing. Um, but the podcast, there's no hiding, especially if you did it with a video as well. You, you're having that connection um, and it's a much, much deeper way of, of communicating. Because people can read your face, they can read your tone of voice a lot better. And that can allow you to use that as a platform to reveal a bit about yourself. It's not to say you make a, a diary in the life of that person. Um, it, it's more a case of if you create a podcast and maybe you have it as a marketing tool. So you could have either people that you want to work with on as a as a guest and maybe that leads to something in the future. So it's a way to break the ice and not go in as a cold lead saying, hey, do you want to, you know, we offer this service, blah, blah, blah. Rather you having a, an interaction that's no strings attached. Can you come on our show? We'd really love to have you speak about what it is you, you do or something completely different. Like, do you share a common interest in tennis? I make a podcast about tennis. Let's have a conversation about tennis. Oh, you own a business as well. Fantastic. Maybe let's throw the bit of that into there as well. Um, but that aside of terms of your guests, a lot of people think podcasting is what's your podcast is going to be as good as what your next guest is. It's like, no, no, no. You're the host. You're the star of the show like a TV show should be. So if you watch Friends, there's, you know, there's three, sorry, three, there's five or six main characters there and they're the stars of the show. They might have on Brad Pitt and Bruce Willis and all these amazing stars come on the show. But at the end of the day, that star is you and you have the opportunity to give your audience a bit of an insight into who you are at the start of an episode. You guys talked about the black widow spider that you've finally got rid of Becky. Like there's some personality <laughs> in there and you're able to connect better with that audience and they're able to see that story arc and maybe a progression in your experience in podcasting or an experience that you're doing throughout your life. Maybe, you're pregnant and you're documenting that progress throughout, like sprinkling that in. And that can give someone a bit more of a sense of who you are and, and maybe want to work with you just because they relate to you in that, that way. So you have 30 minutes to connect with somebody. Can you do that with a post on LinkedIn or Instagram? It's, it's, it's bloody hard to do it that way. So that's how I, I think that you can go about it in a really accessible way. It's not to say it's easy, but it's much more accessible than it ever used to be. So you can record something with your phone, talk, 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 have someone on the phone, other end of the phone if you want and record that, totally up to you. But you can put that out within an hour 
Like it, it, for me, a lot of carousels on LinkedIn and Instagram take me four hours. Whereas a podcast for an hour's long chat that can take me a hell of a lot, hell of a lot less. It's weird, but I was just going to say, there's not as much prep that goes into a podcast, but you're right. You know, when you're looking at building content and ads and all of these things, that really does take up a lot of time. And I think if you're being genuine and you're talking about something that you know, then it's pretty low barrier. You should be able to, to yeah. just start a podcast and start talking. Yeah. Exactly. And you could use that podcast to then translate that into a whole raft of different content as well. You could you could pull quotes out of it. You could have little video or audiograms of, of that little bit to entice people to find you and discover you. Like uh, Gary V talks about it. You take an hour long talk like he does on stage and then see his team pull it apart into 60 different pieces of content. Granted, some of them are the same because they just go on a different platform. But yeah, it, it's it's a medium that I think is fairly underutilized and I don't even use it to its full potential in my own um, efforts in it. I use it for a skerrick of what can be possible for it, but it's just showing that insight into how you can use something that's a long form piece of content that's intentionally able to give you a platform that can connect with your audience in a much more personal manner. That's how I see it. Yeah, and it's interesting because one of my questions was actually gonna be, is it important to show your personality within your company brand? And you definitely just honed in and touched on it, but I still wanna ask that question because is there some kind of line that has to be drawn between you as a person and your personality versus the brand's personality and how you want that brand to show up? Because as your yeah, company grows, yeah. uh, sorry, just as your company grows and you have more people coming on board and your brand is kind of taking an identity of its own. So how does that how does like how does that work in the sense of like, okay, you know, I can only go so far with my own personality, or do you then like um run into the risk of you being the face of the brand. And in some cases, like you said, some uh, business owners don't want to be the face of the brand. Yeah, it, I'm going to put out a bit of content that hits the exact, this exact point. If you don't want to be the face of the brand, find someone that wants to be or that can be. Uh, it, and this is why brands like Nike have amazing ambassadors. Serena Williams or they had Roger Federer previously like these people that become the face and represent the identity of what the brand wants to be uh, you know Ronald McDonald isn't the founder of McDonald's but you can create a character that is is something that personifies what that feeling is to a, to visit a McDonald's as a child you're like this is amazing I don't know if that's still the feeling for kids now or not but when Mikey goes in there and he knows he's going to get a soft serve ice cream he's like Oh, and there's a playground there and all the rest of it. Um, that's getting off, off topic here. But in terms of, uh, I guess, the drawing the line of when you should and when you shouldn't, I think it comes down to what kind of personality that your brand, or you, you want your brand to be and what your customer, what you think your customers are going to be receptive to. I'm not suggesting put on a wig, dance around on TikTok and make fun of yourself to make sure that you know people are going to be listening that's for not every business that is not going to work and it's not it's not appropriate um you know if you're a funeral service i'm not going to be suggesting that like i, I think that makes it pretty clear of, of it should be common sense but um when you do and when you don't i think it's, tricky it's question, going to come down it? to how you yeah, it's how you feel about it personally. Like if, if you're like me, you're a bit of an introvert or it's not even an introvert, you could be an extrovert and not really want to get on camera. Um, it, it's more a case of 
is this going to be beneficial to my brand for me to get in front of this or should one of my team members do this because they might be a little bit more eloquent uh, let me or ask should you we getting on yeah sorry to, sorry to cut you off but i, I just want to maybe um, yeah, right. narrow, narrow down the focus a bit because like and i'm sure you run into this uh, problem or challenge with some of your clients i know i do and sometimes they want the product um, or even the service to almost be the face of the brand right I work with uh, a chocolatier, for example, here in Toronto, and you know her products uh, speak for themselves. They're little chocolate, you know, bonbons, right? That are decorated very fancy. They taste amazing and stuff. She's still on the website. She's on the about page. I, I made sure of that. We showed her in the element, but the product is the face, right? And obviously, that product it's limited. It can't really have a voice. But in those types of situations, does it make sense for the product then to take over and and you know? the face then to become based around the product itself? Yeah, look, it can. Um, but I'll give you this back to you in terms of that same chocolate example. I know a guy here in Australia, his name's Chocolate Johnny, and he's the face of his brand. Yeah. He, he, he appears on, I think he did Periscope for quite a while. He's now doing a podcast. He does YouTube Live. And he gives you an insight into what he makes. And I think this is the big point about, you know, if you can show up on camera, if it's you as the business owner or someone in your team that can show not just what it is you do, and this goes to the, back to the Simon Sinek, if you've ever read Start With Why or seen his YouTube video yes. on this uh, TED Talk. And it's working its way back, backwards from the what is your product, but then it's how, and then you wanna know how it's made because how reveals a lot about the quality of something or the love and attention that goes into it, the diligence that you are putting into things. Uh, and this is this is why as a creative I show my case studies of how I get to what I get to in terms of the end result. The logo looks fantastic, everyone loves it and froths over it. But if I show some context to say, okay, it might look real damn simple, it's just two lines basically. And what got me to that or what got us to that end result? And so for someone like Chocolate Johnny, he's showing how his chocolate is made. So you start feeling a much deeper level of understanding and um, a level of appreciation for what that end product actually is. It might taste absolutely freaking amazing, or it might taste like total garbage, but you appreciate the, the love and attention that goes into it. And then the, the level back from that, again, is the why. So why does Johnny turn up every day? Because he loves chocolate. Like he started a chocolatier business because maybe his father was a chocolatier or his grandmother was a chocolatier back in Italy or something. Like whatever that story is, that meaning, that purpose, that desire to do what it is that they do for somebody else, I think makes, again, a level of appreciation to say, okay, you've really thought hard about this. You really put your energy into this. You're really interested in helping me or giving me what I want or I need or whichever way you go about it. Um, so to have a product that's the face of it, you're always going to be remembered by something. If it's the product for somebody, then great. If you want to tick some more boxes, then be remembered for the logo. Be remembered for the person that hands you over the phone that gives you that great customer experience that you want to come back for and buy from again. Um, there's a whole different levels depending on what the customer is looking for and what they're going to remember. But if you tick all the boxes rather than just one, I think you're going to be building something that's a little bit more uh, diverse in terms of who you're going to, like you could be targeting the exact same segment and have three different opinions about 
what someone remembers you for. It could be that customer service, it could be the product itself, it could be the packaging. Um, all these different things can be a, a bit of a factor. It could be a combination of everything. Like I'd like to think it's a combination. Um, so if you, if you are hitting those notes, then and you have the opportunity to do so and you have the ability to do so and the capabilities, then why not explore all those options if you feel like it's appropriate to your business? Yeah, and I think that's really good advice because a lot of the people that will be listening to this podcast, or at least what we think <laughs> the people that will be listening to this podcast are small business owners and entrepreneurs. And I think that's really good advice because as you're growing a brand, you're not really sure which boxes are going to be the ones that you need to check. So I think if you start with foundation where you have all the boxes checked, you're setting yourself up for success. And of course, in the future, you can pivot, right? If, you know, if something appears and, and you all of a sudden realize like, oh, I should be going in this direction, then you can actually start to look at one of those specific areas. Um, and so I think that's really, really good advice. And I'd really like to end the podcast. Uh, if do you have any tips, so keeping in mind who our audience is, is there any advice it could be one piece of advice it could be a couple pieces of advice um but just to help them ensure that they build a brand that lasts and a brand that attracts the right audience so what are some small steps that they could take i think what you mentioned there becky before was just a, the fact that it, a branding isn't something that you just set and forget it, it, it's ever evolving and it should be if you don't evolve then you're going to get left behind i think um, we talked about trends as well in this episode. And I think if you can move with the times and obviously create a brand that can be timeless, that's the goal, I think, for a lot of branding consultants and, and marketing people that it's not just the short game, it's that long game that you're playing. And to, I think, achieve that, the strategy involved of who we're going to target, what kind of offering we're going to deliver here and what kind of experience we're going to uh, have on show that's going to change over time and i think if you can do so so it doesn't become stagnant yes we want to have a nice consistent experience and that's my big tip here is to have a consistent experience but if that can evolve over time so that someone's not getting the same thing over and over they want to be delighted that little bit kind of every few experiences so let's say when you go on an airplane which i'm about to next week and i'm quite excited because i haven't been on air a flight in two years now uh that experience for me as a child was ridiculously exciting and it got ever better because airlines started to realize what that experience was for for customers um the planes got bigger the the lounges got bigger the the seats you know and the entertainment experience got better the food started looking a bit more like food <laughs> all these little things that that allow that person to be delighted to want to come back for more is what you want to do but at minimum if all that is viable for your business to do is offer a consistent experience so that if you're a barber i walk into a barber shop i want the exact kind of haircut every time I, I don't want some weird sideburns happening or something like that and i just want to have what i had last time can you remember how to do that and it's the same with getting the coffee order in the morning all those kind of things if you can offer that same consistent experience so that the coffee is hot it's not going to burn the crap out of my mouth and it tastes bloody good then fantastic that's what i'm looking for if it can be better and you can chuck in a marshmallow every now and then i'm not going to say no so and i'm by the way i'm not even a coffee drink i'm just speaking from experience of my wife uh, <laughs> that kind of thing is if you can make it consistent and then incrementally better over time and pivot where you need to pivot then then great because consistency for me is key if you can show up 
if it's online, if you can show up for your customers in the store, be ever present and, uh, and then move with the times, then at minimum, that's, if you can do that, that I think is going to put you in a good stead. That's really great advice. Like we, so the agency that I work at, we work with a lot of purpose-driven businesses. And so one of the things that I've seen them do, um, one client that I'm thinking of, for example, wants to work towards doing, uh, for every purchase, a tree is planted. And so this is sort of one of her goals. Yeah, it's a wonderful goal. Um, But of course, you know, she's just in pre-sales right now. So the reality of that is probably three or four years down the road. But she's trying to think of small ways to incorporate the idea of sustainability and um, you know helping to save the earth within all of her content on social media uh, you know and she's sort of having these smaller initiatives so she's dripping this type of content in as she goes and so you're right if people you know if she's built her brand correctly people who are connecting with her brand are also people that are interested in sustainability. So being able to sort of delight them every once in a while through email marketing and say something like, you know, we've taken this initiative with your purchase. uh, So, you know, when you make this purchase that you're contributing to X foundation or whatever it is and slowly work up to that bigger goal, I think is really, really smart because it's something that her target persona cares about. She clearly cares about and you're right. It's delighting them. And, and you don't really know when, it's going to show up either because it's not necessarily living on her site right now but it's within her social media content and her email marketing content so yeah Yeah. i think that's great advice yeah guys and i just want to chime in here because one thing that you know becky you were talking about and frank you were saying something similar is this whole consistency factor and if you're able to have that consistency i think along like all the customer touch points Right. And you have a good understanding of what your brand is standing for, what the personality is, and that can start to hit on all the customer touch points. You're creating a very consistent, cohesive experience for your audience. Then it's going to be easier them to remember you. It's going to be easier for you to stand out. And it's going to also result in them spending less energy. And that's something that I've also tried to play into more. It's like when you go to a website, for example, and it's not clear and the, and the branding is not consistent and then the customer spending their energy trying to figure out well can this guy actually solve my problems can they actually deliver the product and service that i'm looking for they'll leave if they, if they have to start like getting their mind working and getting stressed out or whatever that kind of looks like they'll leave and they'll go to a competitor so if you can figure this all out up front when you're starting everything out within your business and then execute that along the way i think it's a win-win for you for you as a business but also for your customers and I don't think like being a small business or an entrepreneur, you should be exempt from that. Like, I don't think, and this is one of the questions I want to get into as well, but I know we're a little short on time. And it's no, like, we can go for it. If, if you want to go for it, please. Well, like it's just a touch on that. Cause I think, um, you know, and I, I service um, small business to mid-sized business entrepreneurs and stuff. And sometimes budget is an issue and they don't, mm. that's what it usually comes down to. It's not like they don't want to do the brand strategy and the execution. But it's like, well, how much is that going to cost me? That's like one of the first questions that comes up. But in the long run, it may cost you some money up front. But in the long run, I think you'll have way more success. And maybe you can touch on that in your own experiences. Like, how, how do you deal with that when you're dealing with certain types of clients that may not want to spend that money on branding? Yeah, I'm glad you touched on it, Jeremy, because uh, that was probably like one thing I probably would have put in there as a, a last little gem. But uh, I guess from my perspective... 
and it, it's kind of like one of those things if you're listening to this and thinking oh, of course he's going to say it's worth a lot like he, that's what he does for a living right. um that's what everyone says so i'd look at it this way that if you uh, my my big thing my father always taught me this was measure twice cut once so rather than cutting a bit of wood down a little bit every time just to kind of get it right is if you do it the first time you don't have to worry about it again and that for you is not just money but it's also your time um, you're not having to think about this over and over all you have to do is refer back to your little brand bible that says okay this is what yeah. our direction is going to be this is what we're here to do this is what we stand for this is how i can hire my staff based on these values that we have all these little decision making um touch points that you can refer back to is an investment and i really do think it's an investment because i think at the end of the day there's a again a, a, a video i'm putting out on, on linkedin and instagram this week which is um, I don't need to spend money on branding and so said no fortune 500 company ever like success leaves some clues there so why are you the exception kind of thing um, granted you might not have the money to do it now and that's totally fine but I think if you've got some aspirations to be something that is the next I don't know, Airbnb or Uber then you've got to get serious about this, both from a branding perspective, a marketing perspective, an advertising perspective. They all work. I'm a sucker for it. And I think it all works on everybody, regardless of whether you think it does or not. Uh, you know, if, if you're in a shopping supermarket and you're trying to decide which brand of rice you're trying to buy, hazard a guess the one that's front and center in front of you is probably going to be the choice because it's purposefully put there. Yes. It might be even done with a certain color just to attract your eye there's reason behind things that are done in this world and once you wake up to it you start to realize what an investment it is for that future success so if you can get real about it and you can find the money for it i think it will be worth your weight in gold i agree with you and i, I just wanted to mention because i have been writing some grants for people so for you know most of our audience probably will be canadian or at least that's what jeremy and i think they will be yeah. because we really <laughs> don't know but um, there is the launch online grant, uh, which is BC based, but the, the BC government is offering $7,500 for all small business owners. It was primarily just e-com, but now it's also service-based businesses as long as you're taking some form of payment online. And then there's also, um, it's not Curb because Curb was the money from the government. Ah, SIBA. SIBA is offering anywhere between forty dollars and $60,000 for businesses. So I've been telling all of my clients who couldn't afford branding that they need to go back and actually build the brand because, you know, we touched on this at the beginning of the podcast and then you've touched on it again uh, near the end here, Frank. But basically what ends up happening is even if they don't have the money to invest, you are going to get to a point where you want to start implementing paid advertising and other inbound marketing methods, such as lead magnets, landing pages, email marketing. And what ends up happening is when you don't have that brand, you're actually just throwing your money out the window. And, and again, this isn't, I'm not saying this because I want people to spend money on paid advertising or pay, spend money on branding. It's actually just a fact. If you don't have that basis, you will have problems in the future. Yeah, advertising and marketing agencies are going to come at you and say, do you have a branding Bible? Do you have all these assets to give us? And if you don't have it, you're going to be spending yeah. more money with them to be able to figure that out. I just want to add something here because I wrote this down before when Frank was talking. And this, I think, is one of the greatest points that are coming out of this is that whether you realize it or not, you have a brand. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a business, or even if you're just an employee or a kid going to school, 
Everybody nowadays has a personal brand. So it's up to you on how you want to utilize that brand and how you want to invest in it. Like I said, even if you're a kid who's going to signing up maybe to go to university or something like that, most of the time they're going to check you out online. So you can develop a brand for yourself that's going to resonate with that school or that client or that job, right? And you can build yourself up to have more success. So it is, I think this is a really important conversation. And I think more and more businesses, especially as they're starting out, need to take that time and to invest into branding. So with that being said, um, do you guys have any final thoughts, Frank? Uh, do you have anything that you want, any wisdom or any final tips that you want to leave for our audience that may help point them in the right direction? Yeah, I, I'd just say keep it simple, stupid. Kiss, K-I-S-S, yeah. keep it simple, stupid. That if you can make if you can distill everything down into something that's so simple everyone will remember you by it um like there's there's a there's no there's a reason why the mcdonald's m is as simple as it is <laughs> same with the nike swoosh same as the tagline for nike just do it like it's short it's sharp it's sweet we remember it if you can if you can do that with everything that you do from a branding perspective from a marketing perspective to make it so simple that people remember it and remember you for it you could become the next kleenex that rather than saying tissues for your nose you just say i need a kleenex <laughs> I, it's I like very that. true yeah because i got like I a like kleenex right here yeah there you go <laughs> and, and, and you said that it's so true kleenex did an amazing job of like monopolizing that market yeah, there's several examples like it, but if you can, if you can become that product leader in in that way, you've done so by being simple, being something that's slightly bit different, done in your own way. I think rather than looking at what your competitors doing, like a Burger King would be to McDonald's, if you want to be that market leader, you got to have like your blinkers on. I think and just keep it simple. All right. Well, thank you for that, and that's a good tip. Be memorable. Keep it simple. Uh, Becky, any final thoughts or questions for Frank? No, no. Frank, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've been incredible. I think you touched on some points that Jeremy and I have been talking about for, you know, weeks on end now. So it's yeah, really flogging great the dead horse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not not on the podcast. Just it's actually funny because we have all these conversations in our personal phone calls and then yeah. we try to distill all of it and think about all these different podcast topics. So it's just really great when we have a guest come on who thinks exactly the same way as we do about things. So I really appreciate you coming on and thank you so much. Pleasure. Yeah. Maybe it's next time you need to have someone that can be anti you guys are just totally different and really challenge you. <laughs> that might be interesting. <laughs> Honestly, like you brought up um, Marty Neumeier uh, earlier in the podcast, and uh, I've read a couple of his books. Uh, the Brand Gap was one that I first touched on. And a lot of this stuff, I feel like, stemmed from him from back in the day when he kind of, like, took branding to the next level. And sure. and, I, and even as I, as I follow, like, people online, there's always a consistency there of what people think, like, branding is and how branding can be utilized. But what's different is everyone's approach and everyone's take on it. So Frank, for you, for example, like with your content and stuff, like you have a different approach, right? Through your videos and the way, like you're doing like, I think 10 or 13, I don't know how many tips you're on now, but you've been putting out these tips. Yes, lots. And they're, they're so short. <laughs> they're like 15 seconds, I believe, right? Um, yep. But they're all with the same music and they're all with the same background. They're all with the same lighting and every single tip had value in it. I've seen every single one. And I mean, that's what this is all about, right? Is being yes. memorable, being yes. and just standing out from your competition and stuff. So before we go, 
If anyone needs to wants to find you online, we'll put the information in the description. But give yourself a little plug. Let people know how to find you online. Uh, yeah, sure thing. Thank you, Jeremy, for having me. And Becky, thank you so much as well. Uh, I would say the best place to find me is g'dayfrank.com. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's the same handle at g'dayfrank. I'm not going to bore you to tears with my LinkedIn profile, but you can find that from my uh, website. Um, if you want to check out my podcast, please do if that's up your alley. Uh, but it's, you can find all those links and things via my website as well. So um, with that, look forward to connecting if I do. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. And to our audience, we'll see you in the next episode.